Hello, welcome, and would you look at this mess. I'm your host, Kate, and the purpose of this podcast is to trace, explore, and celebrate the unconventionality that lives within all of us. Hey, hi, welcome back again. It's, um, what day is it today? It's Friday for me, um, but maybe it's like Monday for you. I don't know. Again, I don't know when you listen to this thing. Um, so happy whatever day it is for you. Um, so after I released my last episode, I was kind of ruminating on it further and I ended up going on a little bit of an Instagram rant, which I don't do much anymore because I have the podcast to like, you know, share my thoughts on things. Um, but I ended up going on a bit of a a rant because, well, it's partially fueled by the episode, but partially fueled by this issue that I've been having, um, which is just getting Emmeline to her online class on time in the mornings. Um, I've gotten to a stage now where I, I turn off my alarm while I'm sleeping. And I've, I've done this my entire life. It's been a chronic problem forever because I've missed deadlines. I've missed jobs. I've missed all kinds of things because I will be sleeping. My alarm will go off. And then in my sleep, I turn it off and then sleep for another like couple of hours or something. Or sometimes I think I've, I've caught it early enough to know that I could still get up. Sorry, I turned my mic off for a sec there because I think the volume was a bit funky. Anyway, so I apologize if the if suddenly the volume on here just like drops off. Um, but yeah, so I will miss my alarm and then sleep through things. And occasionally I'll wake up with like just enough time to like, like whip through getting ready and stuff. So this has been happening at a pretty um, at a regular pretty regular rate with Emmeline with school lately. So um, my alarm goes off. I turn it off while I'm in a sleep state and then suddenly I wake up and I'm like four minutes away from when her class starts and part of this the reason why this is happening is also because um, historically my children when they wake up in the morning they would get me up Um, but lately especially during lockdown um, they've learned that they don't need to get me up when they wake up so they're not and that just means that um yeah, that I'm not being disturbed when nor- normally they would come get me up or they would come like poke me or something. So, so yeah, it's it, I've definitely been noticing that this is happening and and I'm having a difficult time dealing with it. So, what I'm getting at is that she will miss attendance at the first um, opportunity during the day uh, for school, <clears throat> and then they still use like the safe arrival system for her school. So. Um, they still send out like an email saying your child was absent. They'll call you. An automated message will call and say like you can you can explain the absence here. And sometimes um, the school secretary will call me and be like, "So Emmeline's not here." Um, so I've been getting a lot of calls and Nick too. This is I think this is the most annoying part of it is that they call Nick as well and he's like, "What is going on?" <laughs> so um, yeah, so I've been trying to deal with that and uh not not have her late all the time but it's been 
a problem. So I was ranting about that on Instagram because partly I thought it was funny. Oh yeah. And so the story, the story that I was sharing was that, um, this has been happening. Oh shit. I know what wrong was wrong with my microphone. I forgot to put the, the, um, I forget what it's called now. Um, mic. Uh, anyways, it doesn't matter. I've missed a piece on my mic. So again, sorry if there's like a random sudden change in the volume or whatever. Um, anyway, I don't think I'm going to re-record this because honestly, it doesn't matter. Um, but when I first started the podcast, that would be like a thing that I'd have to go start all over again, but I've already got a ton of thoughts, so I'm just not going to. Anywho, so um, because we're having this problem, I did wake up a cup one day and I woke up early enough that I could um, mark her as intentionally absent. It wasn't enough time to get ready for school, but it was enough time to like hop onto the app and put a thing like parent approved absence or late or whatever. So I did that. And then almost instantly the secretary at the school called me and she's like, um, Emmeline is absent for bell time. I'm like, yes, that's right. She's not going to be there. And she kind of said something. I mean, I was like, again, like laying in bed, still basically asleep when this happened. So I didn't fully understand what she was saying, but she was talking about something like I'd made an error. And then she's like, okay, well, I'll correct it for you. And I honestly still don't know what I did wrong. (laughs) So, so she corrected it and I got another email saying, oh, she's absent and blah, blah, blah. So that was fine. But I was like, oh, the whole point of doing like marking her absent was that I wouldn't get a phone call. So like, I'm annoyed. Um, and so I ranted about that for a bit on Instagram. So now you get the, the story too. And if you were there for Instagram, sorry, you got it twice. <laughs> um, so then that kind of led me to talking about the fact that like school for me is a bit of a funny issue because as I was explaining in my previous episode, um, I struggled through my entire public education And it was degrading and it was difficult and there was a lot of um, pressure to do well when I couldn't. And then there weren't the tools and resources available to me to help me be successful. At least I didn't feel like it. And I was, of course, dealing with a multitude of other um, psychological problems. And so maybe it just that just it was like a perfect storm that like, I just wasn't ever going to be successful. But the bottom line is that, um, it never actually impacted my life the way that I expected it would. When I was in high school, I was under the impression that because I wasn't performing well, because I was, I was like a straight D student, basically, um, that I was, I was not, it was, I wasn't going to be able to do things that I wanted to do with my life. Like I wasn't going to be able to go to university and, and that my options were limited, that I had to look at a narrow view of what I was going to end up doing because if I didn't do well in high school, well, then I can't do this and I can't do that. And like my, my, the doors are closing on me. Um, and so I limited my views of things. And so this has had some pretty, um, significant impacts on my life in the sense that like I didn't go to university when I was young um, or very young. Um, I don't know about like applying for real people jobs. Um, I don't have experience with like a lot of networking and um, 
cover cover letter writing and things that like might have come about if I had the confidence to believe that I was valuable, um, which I didn't really believe. I thought that like I just you know I was going to be kind of nobody. Um, and I'm still working over that, working around that. I was, I'll get to that after, but anyway, so, um, so I was saying, you know, like I, with my kids, I have a very different view on, um, how we'll approach education. And like right now, especially Emmeline is five, her, she's in senior kindergarten. It's in my mind, it's basically free daycare and, they're still at the age where like play-based learning is the the major way that they're going to learn and it's online like school's online right now oh yeah so update we've gone virtual back to school like I said we would anyway so we're doing virtual virtual school and um it's oh it yeah it can be very challenging um particularly because you know Bobby is around and sometimes he'll actually kind of participate in the class but often he won't and they'll be playing together and so like the cl- the classes are you know intermittent so you have like a 40 minute class and then an hour break or an hour and a half break and then another 40 minute class so in between the classes they're playing together they're doing stuff and so then I have to interrupt that in order to get her to go online and she doesn't always want to and I'm like I get it it sucks your life sucks right now you have to sit at this computer all day and anyway so um Yeah. So anyway, I was saying, you know, like I'm at the bottom of the barrel for caring about school right now as it is just because of the situation we're in, the age my kids are, all that stuff. But also there's this layer of I don't necessarily think that school is like the most important thing. I think if you can give your kids um, a solid proper education outside of school like you know you still teach them to read and write and do math and do different things um those core things are definitely important and so if you can do that on your own without sending them to school like all the power to you I personally don't think I could handle it I I, I, having learned now in the last year that like I can't prioritize my kids 24 7 I just it, it fries my brain so I don't think I could do homeschooling like maybe if that were something a decision decision I made for myself maybe um but but having it forced upon me I'm like no I don't <laughs> I don't want to do that so um but the point being that like this idea that you know institutionalized um, education is is super important and essential and all this stuff. I'm like, yeah, yes, there is lots of value to it, but also, I'm not going to put a ton of pressure on my kids to perform and be the best and like you know be academically stellar um, because sometimes they maybe just won't be or you know like maybe like me they they don't feel like they they work well within that environment or maybe they're dealing with other things or whatever. And so I'm just not intending on placing that pressure externally on them. And this is something that I was thinking about. Um, I was listening to an episode from Janet Lansbury, who I've mentioned on the podcast before. She's like um, a practitioner and uh, parent coaching and stuff for for parents. And she runs or she she sort of um, follows a philosophy uh, about parenting that treats children as whole people and blah, blah, blah. I've talked about it before. Um, and I was listening to her episode and what she did, she had her two daughters, um, do an episode where they answered questions from her audience. So, um, they, they answered questions about like what their childhood was like, what their mom was like during childhood and blah, blah, blah. And, and, um, 
one thing that they talked about was their parents' approach to their education and the fact that their parents um, didn't put external pressure on them to do well or to enjoy it or any of that stuff. The, the, all of the motivation that they had to do well in school came intrinsically. It came from within them. And this is kind of how, and I, so I hadn't even really thought about it until I was listening to that episode, but that's basically how I would approach it with my kids or how I will, because I don't want them to feel like they have to do well because they need to impress me or because they need to, um, you know, like because of some other external reason, I want them to want to do well because they want to. And if they truly don't want to do well, or they choose not to do well, or they choose not to put the effort in. I'm not going to make them feel like bad people for that because, again, I went through a whole lot of struggle in school and I still ended up doing great things with my life. I've still ended up getting a, a huge amount of education. It, it <clears throat> At the end of the day, it's changed the trajectory of my life in a lot of ways, but it has not changed the fact that my all opportunities have still been open to me. I've still been able to do whatever I want with my life. Um, and and the, the idea that it was closing doors on me was false. It was a, it was a myth. It didn't it's not how it happened. And partly, obviously, part of the reason why this things happened the way they have for me is because I've been persistent because I haven't given up on myself. And I'm sure, I am positive that there are other kids who experienced similar struggles to what I did who never really learned or never figured out that, that those messages that they got or the, the feelings that they had within their hearts were not accurate. And so they have gone on to their, do, the, do other things with their lives. And I don't, that doesn't necessarily mean, necessarily mean that they're unhappy or that they're not fulfilled, but that they maybe just never knew that like, you know, <laughs> life... Life is a little bit more complex than just how well can you test, how well can you write papers in high school, that kind of stuff. So, yes, yeah, so I wanted to, like, explore this sense of, like, um, public education is not the be-all, end-all. It's not the end of the world if you don't ace everything. Um, so, and again, I've mentioned that, like, it changed the tra trajectory of my life, and it did because... First of all, I got out of high school and I thought, like, I wasn't ever going to go back to school for anything. Um, I mean, I don't know. I can't even remember how I felt about it. But I just remember being, like, like feeling this sense of relief when I finished, finally. Because it took me longer than it took a lot of other people. Um, and, and it just, it was hard. And it was a challenge the entire way. But I did it just so that I could get that diploma or the, whatever, the, the high school diploma. Um and then move on with my life. And then I was working at retail and I was like, wow, this really sucks. <laughs> like retail is kind of the worst. And, um, <clears throat> and so Nick decided to go back to school and I went to college with him just cause I was like, I'll do what you do. And if you think that I can do it, then maybe I can. Um, and so the, the difference for me from a lot of people is that I waited a couple of years before I went to college and then even a little bit after that before going to university. Um, so I didn't start university until I was 23. And so the only meaningful thing that I can see having been different would be that I may have finished my post-secondary education a lot earlier had I had the confidence and the skills already to do well in high school and just go directly to university. But 
I have different, I have a different view on that anyway, because, um, or at least an unconventional view on the whole entering university right out of high school thing, because it depends on the person. And so again, I think that this blanket kind of idea that like every, every student should be striving to get to college or university immediately out of high school, um, regardless of their situation, regardless of their motivation and all that stuff. Um, it just doesn't work because I know, I mean, I know people who have done that, who have done that and have been very successful. They, I have, I have a cousin who went right to university out of high school and then went into her master's degree immediately after and then started working and she's just done great for herself and like fabulous. I also have a cousin who went into university immediately out of high school and floated around there for quite a while before eventually not finishing and then going to college for something else and, and now has a successful career in that other thing that they, they were doing. But, um, they they didn't they didn't know what they wanted to do when they entered university and like that I don't know <laughs> I can't have different views on things but but um, at least for them and their parents like it, the idea was that like you go to university and it gets you a good job and you focus on something and you and you choose and and they weren't able to do that they didn't find something that that spoke to them um, and they didn't have something before even entering the institution um, and so yeah so I have friends who have started university and not finished or friends I have friends now who a couple of friends well I'm trying to think yeah I have a couple of friends who are who have gone straight through university and like so undergrad masters and now are in their PhD programs and one of them has said to me like you know sometimes I wish maybe I didn't go immediately <laughs> into the PhD um, because it's a lot of school um, and like never ever having a real job really for some people anyway I know there are people who get PhDs who do have um, real jobs, but there are people who just don't, right? You just keep doing school forever and you get paid by your institution. So you don't have to like work a regular job, which is great, but being paid as a student is kind of shit. <laughs> so it's not great. Um, yeah. So, so I have different feelings on, on getting through school and then immediately getting into your next sort of path or whatever, if it's, if it's post-secondary college or university, um, because I found that, that not being, not going to school right away, obviously I couldn't. So here's the thing. Um, I, okay, no, uh, post-secondary institution has ever seen my high school transcript. Thank goodness, because they might be like, well, what is wrong with you? <laughs> they might second guess their, their decision to let me go there. Probably not because they're capitalists, but still, um, yeah, so no institution has ever seen my high school transcript because I've always, I went right from, like, from college. I, I applied as a mature student, so you don't submit your transcript in order to get in. I don't even really remember exactly how it worked, but basically I was like, I'm old enough that I don't need to have a transcript. But anyway, so, um, and then after that, I went to university and I used my college transcript to get me into university and, um, so, so on and so forth. So yeah, I've never, I've never had to use my high school transcript to get into anything. Um, so it's never really come back to affect me in any way, which is kind of what I was saying on, on the Instagram thing was like, it's, it's not ever impacted me because no one's ever had to see it once it was done. Right. Like I've never had to bring it up again, except for when I talk about it, because it's something I talk about occasionally. Um, and so what was I saying? Right. So I was saying that 
I I could not have gotten into college or university out of high school. Actually, I shouldn't say that. It's unlikely I could have gotten into college. Definitely wouldn't have gotten into university out of high school, but maybe a college would have would have accepted me. Um, but at that time, I was not confident enough to know that I could have done any college programs. Um, so I kind of needed that buffer to not only build up some confidence in myself, but also to give myself some distance from the education I'd already had so that I didn't have to use that to get in. And the, the and I, it is still even, I had to figure out what I wanted to focus on, what I wanted to actually study. And so it's not that I went around like doing research or anything like that, but I was just like ruminating on it for a while and thinking about what I enjoyed and watching what other people were doing and seeing what, what they were kind of looking into. And, and so I, I knew going into my college diploma that I, I, I kind of wanted to study the social sciences. And as I went through my program, I realized that I really loved psychology and I, and I wanted to be a psychologist or be a counselor for a while. That was what I went into my undergrad with the intention of doing. Um, and then I kind of got sidetracked by the archaeology and anthropology stuff, um, which is fine. And so, I mean, there's a whole other conversation to be had here about, like, wanting to <laughs> divert and go back to doing psychology again. But that's, again, another conversation. So, you know, but the, the, the point is that, like, I don't necessarily think that there's a one-size-fits-all to any of this stuff. And I don't know. I do, I do sort of feel like it's a little bit problematic to advocate for kids to be deciding what they're going to do with their lives at, like, 16, 17, 18 years old. Um, unless there's someone like, again, I have friends who at that age knew what they wanted to do with their, with their lives. They knew that they wanted to be a doctor or whatever. Um, so they, they went ahead and, and entered university. And I mean, some of them had scholarships out of high school because they, they performed exceptionally well. And so like, why would you not start university when they're going to pay for it or at least pay part of your tuition and stuff? Um, out of high school. So there are incentives there to do it. And this is part of the problem that I have. So, okay, yeah. So I understand, you know, the the impetus, the desire to get going. Um, because again, there's this, this, this churning mill that we all exist within where we're like trying to get to the next thing. We're trying to be good capitalists and like get these good high paying jobs and blah, blah, blah. Um, but so one of my, my issues with this, this whole thing is that like, there are less and less incentives to go to school the older you get. Um, and that, for me, has been a problem because, like I said, like I didn't start university or college until after I was um, after I was well done high school. And so there was no opportunity for me to, earn any kind of a scholarship or any kind of um, like positive standing in the institution after I'd finished high school. Um, like I did, I was awarded a scholarship out of uh, into my master's degree out of my undergrad because I did really well, but I did well in college too. And I never got any scholarship out of that because I don't even think that they do that. Like, I don't think that it exists. Maybe it does, but, um, but I don't know about it. And uh, so it's obviously sort of obscure. And so that's part of, like, I understand, you know, if you're not going to school, you don't have any basis for what they could award you for, but it just, it just sucks because a lot of people who have a lot of potential won't go to school because, again, as you get older, there's less incentive to do it. Um, and if you are, like, already into that 
mill of like trying to work and make ends meet and make your, your pay your bills and all that stuff the thought of paying to go back to school is ouch <laughs> so um so I understand people wanting to do it right out of out of high school and so I'm just like you know I'm just always kind of wondering to myself about how we might be able to structure things a little differently so that people would feel motivated to go to school after they're like well into adulthood um regardless of what kind of an income you make um, because the other thing that I was, I sort of alluded to before, like having a different feeling about people, you know, when people are like, oh, I know what I want to do with my life and I know what I'm going to school for to, to become. Um, and like, I think that's great, but in my view, a lot of what you get out of university is like, um, an expansion of your critical thinking, um, an expansion of your world and your worldview and all that stuff. That's what one of the big things that you should get out of it. And so I do see a bit of problematic uh, stuff happening in post-secondary institutions where you can go into school to become a nurse or an engineer or whatever. You can go into whatever program you have to take and they tailor them so much to that specific um, application that you can easily miss out on a lot of the other stuff that university can can give you. And because the narrative is like, get the degree, get it done as quickly as you can, don't waste your time, don't waste your money, um, you know, just get in and get out, get what you need and get on with your, with your life and your job. Um, it's sort of bastardized education a little bit because it was never, at least as far as I know, it was never really intended to do that, um, to be this sort of, uh, arm of the, the capitalist mill that gets you going into a high, a high earning career. It was meant to, um, broaden your world and to learn new things about things that you don't already know about or you don't have a basic understanding of. If you go into school to be an engineer and you already have a really good sense of math and physics and hydrology and stuff and you're just honing on those skills, um, again, you're, you are so, you can miss some of the other really cool stuff. And like, um, well, so the people complain, right? There are, in every program, there are sort of these, what are called electives, right? You take courses that are not actually pertinent to your field of study or work, but they're just other things that you take and everybody whines about it. And like, that's annoying, <laughs> but um, but they do it. And then so because their mentality is, why am I here? What am I doing this for? They just do the bare minimum to get through it and like, don't pay attention, don't retain it. And it's just like, oh, this is just another thing to check off the list um, rather than actually getting value out of it. And um, so I don't know, it just it's it's again, it's become this um, problem. And I think you know, I think about things like engineering in general as a profession and how much how difficult of a time like um, maths and sciences and things are having with diversifying their population. And so, you know, if, if more people who took engineering and sciences and stuff took more of the softer sciences, more of the the anthropologies and the sociologies and psychologies, um, they might begin to understand better how they're going to how what what's happening within their own field and how they might be able to rectify those things because even from the sense of like in Canada we have a fairly um, large significant popula population of indigenous communities and people and 
there's there's massive interests in environmental things and uh, and things along that line that fall under the purview of like engineering and environmental um, consultations and stuff. And these people aren't given education whatsoever on how to talk to indigenous people or how to um, balance the cultural perspectives of different groups and that sort of thing. Like they're not given those tools. And so then that's part of why we see this perpetuation of like, uh, of, of misbehavior on their part because they're legitimately ignorant and then they can, I guess, rely on that for a time. I'm sure that's going to come to an end not, not too far into the future uh, where it's not acceptable to not be knowledgeable about these things, but like to have to force it on them to be like, you have to know about these things because otherwise you're trampling all over people's indigenous uh, or oh, traditional territories. You're, you're stripping them of their culture. Like you're still committing cultural genocide um, if you if you say, well, we've paid you for this land, so now we can do whatever the hell we want on it, like that may not be how they view it. And because they're caught in a situation where um, some of their basic needs are being ignored by the government, and so they need money in order to like keep surviving, and they have to make this unbelievable compromise of their values and their culture in order to have the money, um, it just... You know, like having that sensitivity to that stuff would be super helpful. But but so, yeah, I just find like because Nick's an engineer, obviously, I think I've talked about this before. Nick's an engineer and he went to school with lots of people who were becoming engineers and and enough of them had problematic views on things that I was like, oh, boy, <laughs> we're not we haven't made it very far, have we? Like there were there were enough of them that were, like did get it. And Nick seems to be one of them that does seem to kind of. He's on the right track anyway, but a lot of them, I was just like, oh, okay, <laughs> you need like a little bit more education on this stuff. So then I find it uh, troubling that they're the ones who are going out into the world to like work with, work on these environmental things or these, these construction projects and stuff. And they just like, don't seem to have a, a solid understanding of who it is that they're going to be working with because as again as time goes on the the imperative to work with indigenous communities to um, incorporate them in a meaningful way becomes more uh, more intense but until I don't know so I, I don't know the, the whole the whole point of that rant was just to say like I hope that the the narrative and the the perspective on like what post-secondary education is meant to offer you will change with time because or we'll shift back to like its original narrative because right now it's just basically a, a secondary arm of the capitalist uh, mill churning people out to get these these jobs that um, they're so they're perfectly qualified to do work within their their, their field but it is important to be um, multidisciplinary and to be able to see things from multiple perspectives regardless really of what you're doing I mean healthcare and education these things all impact things on a bigger scale than what people understand I think so anyway these are just the thoughts that I've been having about education lately um, again especially with with what's going on with Emily with school and and this this need this um the, I don't know the, the the pressure on parents to you know 
get their kids in class, to be doing the asynchronous work, uh, to be performing at a level that like, honestly, very few people are able to do. Even me, I'm home with the kids all day. Um, I don't have a full-time job right now. I have a few things that I'm sort of piecemealing together, but so largely I'm, I'm available and I still am not keeping up with things. Like it's just, it's a lot. Um, and so parents that are like working full-time and stuff, it's just, it's not possible. And, uh, so yeah, I, I was also, I attended, um, the parent council meeting. I'm on the parent council for her school. And so I attended the meeting, uh, the other day and, and it does just, it feels like parents really are feeling stressed that like their kids are going to somehow be significantly harmed by what's going on. And I just don't feel like that's true. I think that there's so much that's going to come out of this, that kids are going to become more resilient, that they're going to end up with other skills that you wouldn't even realize they, they would have, or they'd have access to, um, you know, they're, they're very flexible, especially like, again, her school was to grade five. So like, they're still very young. Um, and, uh, and you know, like they're, they're going to bounce back. They're, they're not being damaged irreparably for the rest of their lives because they've missed basically a year of school or not a year, but you know, a significant chunk. Um, and so I just, you know, I want people to, to understand that it's okay that like, we're not all keeping up. We're not all teachers. We can't prioritize our kids' education over everything else. Um, this is an unprecedented situation and, and we're all going to be okay. Um, and even so, so that's, that's specific to the situation, but even outside of it, kids will struggle. And I don't think that we need to like make them feel less valuable because of that. I think that we can highlight the things that they are great at, the things that, that really set them apart from others and we can help them to do better if that's what they want. Um, but but I don't necessarily agree that it's like something we need to force upon them to to be better at performing in, in public education. So we'll see. I mean, maybe I'll still be doing this podcast in 12 years from now when my kids are done high school and moving on with their lives and I can report back to you on how it's gone. <laughs> Wouldn't that be interesting? Um yeah, so uh, you know what? So I think um, I might do an episode talking about what's going on with Corona again to sort of do the update that I had said I would do when things changed in the fall. So, so yeah, I think you know, look for that. I will. Um, I'll try to post that. I do have some other thoughts about something else that I want to talk about first. So I might do that and then post a little Corona update too. So. Um, yeah, that's, that's it. That's all I've got. This is a bit of pretty long one and pretty big rant happening, but, um, hopefully, hopefully you got something out of it. Um, yeah, if you like this episode or this podcast in general, please, um, feel free to leave a positive review or, um, a rating. I got my first like low rating recently. I was kind of sad, but you know, not everybody's going to agree with me and I, I think that's fair. <laughs> so anyway, if you like it, please give it a positive review and a positive rating. And um, um, yeah, if you need to reach me, my, my information is in the show notes. 
If you have something that you want to share or like a story that you want to tell or something about yourself and about your unconventional views on something, please feel free to reach out to me. I would love to get some other people's experiences and viewpoints. Um, I'm going to work on trying to get some some guest episodes together. I'm going to approach some people. So anyway, um, yeah, thank you for joining me again. And I wish you all the best. I hope that you are healthy and safe and you remain that way. And I will see you in the next one.